0: this is Brent jensen and you're listening to no sleep till subway the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate and today i am joined by the exceptionally gifted canadian singer-songwriter christina martin and her guitar player dale murray is also here welcome guys
1: thank you for having us it's
0: my pleasure It's my pleasure. So we're going to do things a little bit differently today. Typically what we do is we have a little chat and then we get into your tunes, which I have here, but you guys have volunteered to play uh, an awesome song from the new record, Impossible to Hold, and it's called Lungs Are Burning. Yeah. All right. So take it away. I love this tune. We'll talk about it after you're done.
2: Sure. Sure.
3: The babies and it's giving me What?
0: well done that was fantastic thank you very well done thank you so thanks for coming in guys
1: thank you for having
2: us it's my
0: pleasure yeah i thought that was amazing so uh we were talking about the new album impossible to hold the new single is also impossible to hold however i appreciate you playing Longs are burning because i love that tune the album is chock full of great songs always reminding is fantastic oh we
1: appreciate that
0: yeah actually incidentally i told a friend about this record yeah. a couple of nights ago and she texted me back and she said i just played it and i lost myself for an hour in the lyrics Aww. and she said and i quote this is what she said sent me a text Jesus that woman can write an emotional song
3: oh well
1: Seriously? tell her it comes from a place of pain
2: <laughs> definitely will
1: and, uh, and love and you know and I'm a sensitive sensitive folk <laughs> well,
0: you, you write about a bunch of different things yeah and uh, there's a wide variety of, of not only musical styles but also lyrical content so tell me a little bit about that
1: well, I think I just, I mean, I, I, you know, I, you write what you know and what you feel. And I, th- I think the things that move me to write are the, the extreme sides of, of loss, of love, um, perseverance. And a lot of the songs are personal um, and have been since I began writing and exploring my own life and relationships. Um, but as, as uh, I continue to write songs... I, I'm learning that I'm also quite moved by, you know, other people's stories where there's just a, a common thread of feeling of, of whether it's love or suffering. Um, uh, so for example, I, I did an artist residency learning about dementia many years ago. Mm. And I, you know, it was a daunting task to, my job was to write songs inspired by and about individuals living with this. And I don't have dementia. I've, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in somebody's shoes, but your job is to put yourself in somebody's shoes and into the shoes of the um, healthcare professionals who are, who are, you know, trying to make care better for people and the families going through this. And, and you, 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 when you kind of move everything away, you realize that you have these things in common, like uh, hurt and, and love and sometimes sorrow and, and emptiness. And you, you grieve over the same things. It's just... The experiences may be a little bit different, unique, you know. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but I, you know, I, over as you get older, you have more to write about. You, you, um you know, I have so much to love in my life now that I, I didn't always uh, know I would experience or have when I was younger. I, um, back in my early songwriting days, it was more. My songs were quite a bit more melancholy, and I was sifting through a lot of the tough stuff. But there was always. An element of optimism and i can get through this you know this sucked mm-hmm. um but there there are beautiful things there's always something beautiful you know and and i would hear songwriters um when i moved to austin texas i was introduced to a lot of uh great storytellers and americana music and i would hear these songwriters sing about the darkest things and it really moved me but then there are also like like sean colvin there will always be something to believe in you know mm-hmm so I was inspired by that idea that I could go through something tough like other people and, but yet have a positive message.
0: Yeah. So you are uh, currently on tour in support of Impossible to Hold. So you're in Toronto tonight playing Hughes Room. I'll be in attendance for that. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great cool. show. So it kind of looks like I looked at the tour schedule. You're kind of, you, you have a lot of dates to go yet, right?
3: We're
1: always on tour. Um, that's how we make our living really. So uh, we live, we're based in Atlanta, Canada, in nova scotia Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um but we we're trying to because we've invested so much time in europe the last couple years uh, actually seven years um i really feel like i've lost touch with my canadian audience across canada so we've always tried to come up to toronto at least once a year but we want to uh we want to kind of um spend more time touring in canada um before we go back to europe and then just um make it a a yearly thing so we're not just doing it once every five years like right it's you know one of my if your mission is to uh, get better at communicating and making connections with your music it's not good if you don't show up <laughs> like if you just you can't i don't think you can rely on you know even just like you know streaming sites and the internet like you really still have to have those in-person connections uh, absolutely to, uh, so we're trying to
0: and, you know, the live setting, a live performance is, like, unparalleled. You cannot replicate that on Spotify or whatever it is, right? Even your record. Yeah. Seeing a band live, there's nothing like that.
1: And you don't get the spontaneity, the, the pleasant surprises sometimes, of the quirkinesses of a of a performer. And so, I, I mean, I like that about live music. And I like that about performing, that in between songs, you know, because some of the songs are, are quite heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, not all, but, like, in between, I... You know, I can relax a bit and uh, chat with the audience. And and some people like to know about the uh, evolution of a song um, or our travels abroad. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there are stories there to be told. Oftentimes, there's not a lot to be shared. (laughs) It's quite routine. Uh,
0: Does that depend, you know, being on tour, you play a lot of different rooms, a lot of different vibes, a lot of different cities, and so forth. So if you find yourself at a Hughes room, I don't know if you've played there before, it's a nice venue, or wherever else, does the vibe in the room dictate how open you are about sharing your stories and that sort of thing?
3: I'm
1: pretty open. I mean, certainly... The way it sounds in the room affects whether I'm enjoying myself or not. Because you can, no matter how well or not well you're singing, like, the good sound person and um, comfort on stage and, like, lighting. Like, I'm picky about lighting. Mm -hmm. I don't like things to be too bright. So all that, like, I'm pretty sensitive about that. That affects how I feel. And then I... But, I don't know, every room is different. Like, you just kind of plan for the best, over-plan, and then um, it's really... There's there are things that are out of your control. It could be the most gorgeous room, and you think it's going to be the best night ever. Sound is great, and and I may say something really humiliating that I didn't plan,
4: uh, or completely offend somebody. Yeah, you never know when the connection is going to happen. Like, you know, one night you can have everyone in the audience crying (laughs) over a song, and then next night nothing doesn't nothing. Yeah, nothing. Stone
1: cold. Yeah, Yeah, and it's my fault. It's always my fault. No, I, no. D- I, I
2: don't think
0: so. I, I, it's a tough role. It's a really, really tough role. You're going up in front of a bunch of strangers. You know, maybe half of them know your tunes. Maybe half don't. They're just looking for something to do, and it's very difficult because you have to entertain these people. And I tip my hat to you. It's so not I easy. Hope
1: that you bring your canned laughter tonight.
0: I'm going to. I'm going to like cheer and yeah. yell and.
1: Everything yeah, we need, we, we, we would appreciate that. I love <laughs> the hecklers, like not as long as they know when to stop. But it,
0: it. Uh, do people actually heckle you?
1: Some people do. I mean, there's sometimes when people might. I've had a few inebriated folks like at shows that we've just politely asked to stop or to leave, and not a lot. Oh, uh, this wow. is sort of maybe in the earlier days when yeah. I was less picky about perhaps Very where you played. You know, I don't want to be uh, exclusive. I like to be inclusive about where we play, but um, you do get kind of pickier as you go along.
0: Certainly. You're That's your traditions.
1: right. You want to play places where people are kind of there to listen to you yeah. and they're not just there to have drinks and chat with their friends because you can do that anywhere. Exactly. Uh, so.
0: Well, I think that you are popular enough and you've been doing this long enough so that people will be there to see you tonight.
1: That's nice of you to say. One time I did an interview and they kept reminding me how nobody knew who I was. And, really yeah and I I, I, I mean it, you know they were probably right but it was just it was funny <laughs> that it, that it, the interviewer just wanted to keep reminding me we really gotta get people to hear who you are I'm mean, like I, I appreciate that that's great but she kept bringing it up and, <laughs> and I was like okay, I can't get it I'm a nobody I, I get it
0: that's just terrible it. I would never do that for the record
1: no you're doing a fantastic
0: job am I? yeah awesome how would you grade me out of 10 right
1: now? Point 0.5 That's, okay. yeah, Dale yeah, grades yeah. my butt uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like Dale how are we doing How are we
4: doing this there's month
0: It's a point 0.5 uh, yeah. 9.5 yeah. Well Once there's a 6.8 though There always though. has to be room For improvement right Of course yeah. 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 <laughs> Great
1: but This is going to turn into
0: An episode yeah, about five, my ass It's a sliding
2: scale
1: Yeah It's a sliding <laughs> It is
2: <laughs>
0: Yes Alright We should probably get into Your songs before we oh, uh, right. Start grading your butt How about okay. that
1: Sure <laughs>
0: So your first tune, and you've got a lot of uh, you've got some nice deep cuts in here. This is a great little list. So so why?
1: Because uh, you're such a you're such a master at the (laughs) talking about music and songs, and music was all such a personal thing to me. Yes, I thought I was the only one listening to music growing up. How self-absorbed is that? Um, How Narcissistic is that? So you'd listen, you'd feel, but I never had anyone to talk about the music with, really.
0: You are in the right place this morning.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm super, super curious like if, you know, if you've kind of ever been affected by these particular songs.
0: Uh, Yes. Two of them. Okay. Yep. We won't say which ones yet. Okay. But yes, two of them.
1: Okay, so would you like me to begin?
0: Yes, yeah, so let's start with Don McLean and Vincent.
1: Okay, so I have a memory, and I'm not sure exactly how old I would have been, but I'm going to guess that it was around the age of five or six. Okay. And I had a pink bedroom. I lived in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Okay. And I uh, had a Michael Jackson red leather pleather jacket with all the zippers, you know? Yes, I and remember I would, that. And I would put that on in this pink room with, like, room was just, like, totally jam-packed with all these stuffed animals and Barbie dolls, and, and I had this radio, and I had it was a, I had a cassette tape uh, radio boombox I suppose we called them Mm -hmm. and I would I would put this jacket on and kind of listen to the radio and wait for certain songs to press record
0: yes I do the same thing
1: and this song I just remember this song came on and and I would wait for another opportunity to hear it so I could record it and then I memorized the lyrics not knowing anything or caring who Don McLean like what that name meant didn't mean anything but this song about this guy named Vincent Mm -hmm. you know they wouldn't and then the lyric they would not listen they did not know how perhaps they'll listen now like I feel like that probably resonated with me as a young girl because I was going through some stuff and Mm -hmm. really feeling quite alone and I liked my alone time but like the adults wouldn't listen to me you know and I think that's something a lot of kids can relate to um, but anyway, I didn't know who this guy Vincent was. It was just such a beautiful, beautifully moving song, and I was uh, into mostly like whatever rock and pop was playing on the radio. But then this like folk song came on, and mm-hmm. it always stuck with me. And then I just stopped listening to it probably for five or six years. And then, do you guys do you remember Columbia House? Yeah, of course. So when I ordered my first batch for ninety nine cents of these CDs, mm-hmm. I ordered a Don McLean. CD uh, because of uh, American.
0: Yeah, well, it was American Pie. This is on American yeah. Pie, I think. Right?
1: Didn't know that. Ah. I did not know that, <laughs> and I got the CDs and I put this record on this Don McLean Greatest Hits um, and let it play through and was listening to all these other songs of Don McLean. Not into them, but then this song came on.
0: How great was Vincent. that, Vincent?
1: And I was. I remember just kind of being so excited, but no one to tell or talk to. Like nobody would care. Mm-hmm. And, but just i'd been reconnected with this super old friend and i knew all the lyrics and i just felt well, i really got my 99 cents in here. <laughs> like this is A lot of amazing <laughs> and then uh this is sort of just another add-on to that but like when i played the stan rogers festival in 2009 yep. i was on the main stage and, and don McLean was headlining that at that concert and oh, he wow. was moved to play directly before me because he couldn't make the night before there was a storm and his plane was delayed. Mm-hmm. So Don McLean played his set, and I got to benefit from having his audience there waiting for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was coming off the stage, and I remember passing, going, "Hey, Don, thanks for opening up for me."
0: <laughs> what did he say?
1: And nothing. I don't think he said anything. He I don't remember. But I, oh, and then I went on and and uh, I. And that was that's the end of my story. It's sort of anticlimactic, I guess.
0: <laughs> no, it's kind of funny. So. I don't think he's particularly happy about that. Probably
2: he
1: wasn't mean or anything about it. Like he was just after-show mode, you know. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. darling, you know, see you later, kind of thing. Yeah. But anyway, so that's cool. my Vincent story. I like a it. Beautiful song.
0: So Tom Petty's next. This is a very interesting selection if you think about Tom Petty's vast catalog. And this is also from uh, a record called Echo Mm -hmm. that had two singles, I think Swingin' and Free Girl now, right? So this is like 99, I think. Mm -hmm. And you picked Room at the Top.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I I was a fan of a lot of Tom's – I mean, I am a fan of a lot of Tom's music, Tom and the Heartbreakers. Um, But I hadn't really connected with the song, and then I had been – Kind of newly listening to spotify and started started uh, making playlists to run and whatnot and so i was just listening to like um somebody else's tom petty playlist and this song came on and i just had never really spent time with it and i guess what really got me was when the band kicked in like it starts off so beautifully when he sings it's just so commanding it's like i have something to say and it matters and you're gonna get this and so i got that i got drawn in and then all of a sudden you get the band kicking in and with the guitar with the rhythm guitars and everything's pretty simple and spread out and then tom's commanding lyrics it just really drew me in and i thought it made me want to um our band to, you know to do to do the song so i remember we we were learning this song Mm. i should say oh this is just after we had seen him perform in hyde park london in 2017 and with stevie nicks and her band had opened up so i was so inspired by that and and still listening to all these songs and and then we got the news that he had passed away Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and um it was only after that that we performed it with our band it just i don't know i just i don't know why i missed this one you know, over all the years that I've loved Tom Petty, uh, mm-hmm. and you know that album wasn't one of his greatest su- successes, I
4: suppose. He but doesn't even know. He didn't like the album. He couldn't listen to yeah. it. He,
0: I think. I think this came after the breakup with his wife. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh,
4: during that that time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he
0: wasn't a big fan. And, and this it, Echo yeah. was not a well received record for the most part. Like I said, those two singles I think did well for him. I liked it. Yeah. But a lot of people didn't care for it
1: it just it's sort of representative i think for me anyway i don't know about tom what he thinks but uh what he wrote it about but room at the top and he's singing like to me he's singing about like being at the top of the world you know playing to thousands of people and having his close friends there but then still having these you know these issues that are so real and dear to him Mm um you know um, I mean i've got a room where everyone can have a drink and forget those things that went wrong you know and i think he had a lot of things in his life that went wrong Mm -hmm. um you know little one you're so far away i want to reach out and touch your heart like i i i don't know for a fact but i just think he must have been thinking of his daughters you know like on, on on tour all the time and and not able to really be there for everything along the way and what that can do to your relationships and you know through it all being a super heartfelt, emotional, sensitive guy and wanting to be seen as a good person,
4: mm-hmm. you know? But if you, if you listen to his, his lyrics in general, he doesn't write like that generally. Like, he's usually a little more... Aloof. Aloof, yeah. And, yeah. And, and that I think this is why you gravitate to this song because it's typical Heartbreakers sound with these really personal, introspective mm-hmm. lyrics that he's not typically known for, but I can see why you would gravitate towards that one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If you guys are not familiar with Mud Crutch, I don't know oh, yeah, if you yeah. Oh, you are? Yeah. So do you know I Forgive It All? Yeah,
4: I've heard that, yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's it's the same, right? Typically Tom is like more of a kind of a roots rock kind of guy. Yeah. Not super personal, but the lyrics. But with, with I Forgive It All, Mud Crutch, it's, it's heart rendering. Yeah. like It really is. Same type of tune. Good pick. So Sean Colvin is next and another deep cut. Kinda, right? Because Sean Colvin, I think, is most known for Sonny Came Home. The song is called Even Here We Are.
1: Even Here We Are, which was written by Paul Westerberg.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: And so I was introduced to Paul and have a fan of Paul Westerberg's songwriting because of Sean Colvin. So Ah. she covered this song. I am a Sean Colvin fan as well. Mm -hmm. I love her lyrics and writing. She's a phenomenal guitarist as well. When I was living in Austin, that's when I, I did fall in love with Sean's music and and i think sunny came home may have been an introduction but then a friend of mine gave me a cassette tape with all these sort of live acoustic performances of sean and this is one of the tunes on there and i couldn't find on any cds for years and years and years and then she released it recorded and released it and so it, it reminds me of that of this time when i was just learning about these great singer songwriters and 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 in this scene in Austin, and learning how to write songs myself, this song I just I just love. I mean, I love almost every line, but it, it's a beautiful flower in your garden. But the most beautiful, by far, is the one growing wild in the garbage dump. Even here, mm-hmm. even here we are. I mean, it just kind of I guess that like line made me feel like you could be super oddball and still be beautiful, mm-hmm. you know. And that was okay to be different, and and that's kind of what the song's about. All these different types of you know people who have different backgrounds and how they're all beautiful yeah
2: yeah it's
4: just well, lovely Paul, the Paul Westerberg is I mean that's so that line especially is so typical of the yeah. way he writes and sort of his life too it's like beautiful songwriter but says things in sort of a grungy trashy yeah. way but it's also beautiful and yeah it's sort of his, his outward appearance is sort of grungy and yeah but he's got this thing inside the beautiful artistic yeah. way of saying things and but Yeah, that's very typical of Mm -hmm. his style.
1: Yeah, attracted to the trash. Yeah, and the beauty. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. Attracted to the dichotomy. Yeah. Right. Uh, Next, Annie Lennox love song for a vampire. This is on. This is a soundtrack song, isn't
1: it? Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola's 1992 film Bram Stoker's Dracula. So, like probably a lot of people, I first heard this song uh, during the. Finishing credits the end credits of this movie right. if you if you have you watched the movie? yes, I thought it was an incredibly powerful love story, and it made me want to become a vampire.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: it just seemed like oh man, if they can love so deep and things seem super hot in their like in their world and painful, but like it just it just really moved me and then you cue Annie Lennox, and this the production is like actually quite. You know, if you kind of pick it apart, it sounds quite simple. But like her delivery, and then wrap it up with this movie and the emotions, and I was super taken in by this song, and um I still love listening to it. One night, I got super drunk, and this is really embarrassing. <laughs> uh, Dale was there. Uh, we had some friends over, I think, and then we all went to, to bed. And I remember I put the song on in our bedroom, and then I like jumped on top of you, Dale. And like I b- pretended to bite your no, forehead, you bit me. I bit your. <laughs> <own>. <laughs> Isn't that embarrassing? That's pretty. <laughs> that's uh, one of the reasons why I don't drink. Or play, song. Or play this idea. song with Dale's one. around. The, yeah. Was the
0: bite hard enough? It's pretty hard.
1: Uh, wow. Anyway, there's a wonderful video where <laughs> Annie's just such a great. I think she's a great. Deliverer actress in music yeah. videos. Of always, I've always been a fan of music videos, and hers in particular. And it's just such passionate uh, performances. And mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe want to be a vamp. I, I don't well, want to really uh, anymore. Not going to go and get that. Change your mind. The, the fangs, the fangs it, yeah. it installed or anything. <laughs> anyway, moving on.
0: David Bowie, great selection here. And again, this is um, this was a single. But it's, uh, it's, you know, again, you think about his catalogs. An interesting pick. It's Where Are We Now. Yeah. 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 Funny thing about the song is that he he put this out, I think, from the next day. And there was no... uh, He just kind of slipped it into iTunes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you know about that? Yeah. And it went right to number one. There was no announcement, nothing. It was a pre-single.
1: I didn't know that. I bought the CD and the uh, sort of DigiPack. uh, Was this 2014? Because I think that's when...
0: 13 or 14. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I, we were on tour in Europe and I was listening to this while I would run every every day and this is leading up to, we were going to record a record called It'll Be Alright. Mm-hmm. And th- I think this album was a big influence on oh, wow. on that record okay. and on my writing certain songs for that record and delivery. And delivery, um, and delivery for sure. Yeah. Oh,
2: that's great. Um,
1: but, and this is a great fade-out song, I just want to say. <laughs> you know, I, I uh, I love fade-outs, um, which we'll get, I'll Stand By You later on. That's another song. is another great fade-out. Um, but, like, the fr- the opening line really drew me in. And we were in Germany um, at this time. How'd you get the train uh, from Potsdamer Platz? Mm-hmm. You never knew that I could do that, you know. And I remember he was living with Iggy Pop in Berlin. Yes. Um and uh i remember as if i were there (laughs) with him i wasn't and i just sort of started thinking man this you know here he was sort of in the in the you know later stages of his life really at the end of his life writing this record like was he just looking back and just kind of enjoying these all these memories and, and writing about them and then contemplating life and death and that to me is what this song kind of represents and it's just so beautiful, like, the build-up the, at the end and, you know, as long as there's sun, as long as there's sun, as long as there's rain, fire, you, me, like.
4: Yeah. It's a great so. vocal delivery, too.
0: Like yeah. Drives it home. Yeah. That's exactly what he was doing, I think. He was contemplating his history, yeah. you know, being there. And that, that string of records that he did, um, uh, Low, uh, Lodger, and the third one. Yeah. with uh, Iggy Pop, mm-hmm. you know, during kind of the height of his of his cocaine addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this song is him being retrospective and looking back on those times. Yeah, great pick, really great pick. That's, that was the last top ten he yeah. had before he died, actually. Really? Yeah.
1: Well, the next year when we went back to, to Europe to tour, I got off the plane and the first email I got was from somebody saying, you know, too bad about Bowie. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, and that was
4: 2016. And then we went by his apartment. We, went, when we drove we were in by. Berlin. Yeah, oh windows, wow. Uh, yeah, very non like you would never
0: nondescript really. Yeah,
4: well, non- except for all millions of
1: flowers <laughs> and yeah. photos yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. It's just so incredible that these artists like Bowie and Petty yeah. have reached billions of people. Yeah, like it's it's just it's just so moving to think about it.
0: Yeah next stevie nicks and stand back
1: oh this is a great i I love a lot of stevie songs and and fleetwood mac but mm, i just like a really vocal delivery in this and and it's just kind of like a you know song about romance and heartache and being stood up and uh i think maybe not but um then i also really love how like this this by today's standards i don't think it would be classified as a as a rock song. There's a lot of
4: synth going on. Yeah,
1: there's so yeah. much synth, and, and so I, I like that about it. There's some great guitar parts, like I looked it up, because I didn't know the name who played guitar, but Steve uh, Lukather, Lukather. Mm. and there's like yeah. this this one guitar part that sounds like a, a meowing cat, <laughs> and then later on, there's like that more funky uh, rock vibe that comes in. C- it's just all these little parts that build as you go along, and her voice is just Really cool. Yeah. It's a great delivery. I don't have a specific memory tied to this, though. Other, apart from, you know, now when I listen to Stevie, I do think of our, the concert we saw her at in Hyde Park, London, Did with Tom Petty. Pl- she didn't play that song. No, no, she didn't. But I just, like, I just immediately go to this iconic night, and, you know, she she's singing at the top of her game right now. Like, it was incredible. I was like, oh, is it going to sound good? You know, how she...
3: And
4: she she just, was smart, though. When yeah. she was younger, she sang... Low, in the lower register so now that she's older you know a lot of people lose that high that's extremely still, interesting she still can sing those tunes
0: that is so funny okay. that you say that because I, I often think about bands like I don't know if you know Greta Van Fleet Who is it? Greta Van Fleet it's no. a rock band that's out there now and it's basically it's Led Zeppelin one. Oh
4: yeah you
0: know, I, I love them oh
4: I think I heard that yeah okay yeah
0: the guy sings in a very high register he's yeah. so she's 21 or 22 but I think should they last mm-hmm. you know till they're in their 40s or 50s whatever He's gonna have a really hard time, as vocalists do now, mm-hmm. hitting those high notes. I read somewhere where John Bon Jovi, obviously still out there, still active, yeah. but when they they play "Living on a Prayer," they have gone down in key so far that mm-hmm. they can't go down any further. So what he does is he won't sing the chorus; he'll just do the old "Put the mic out today," uh,
4: yes. you know. Oh, the, yeah.
1: like the, the
0: because he, he, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm gonna but
1: try I've, that tonight. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. gonna fail miserably, but You'll know where I'm coming from.
0: I certainly will. (laughs) Uh,
1: You better be the. You'll be the only one in the audience. You have some time. You have a couple hours to learn the lyrics. And
0: all right, I'm going to spend all day getting ready for it. (laughs) All right. Your last tune is by the Pretenders. This is a great song. I'll stand by you.
1: Yeah, this one inspired "Impossible to Hold." Oh wow! Yes, I've always loved the Pretenders. and Chrissy Hine, I just, she's she's a rock star. I mean, she has that attitude of like, I don't give a fuck, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not like that. I do give a fuck, but I wish you know, I wish I could be more like that. But it certainly like her um, her delivery, but just her sort of demeanor kind of inspired where the song sonically would be. I mean, I don't know if you can hear that if you listen to my song and or AB them, but that was what I had in mind. Is that I want to feel that way. I want people to feel the way they would feel when they listen to "I'll Stand By You." So it's yep. it's a rock song, but it's not like. Oh.
4: But it's a nice. It's, there's a crescendo of yeah. like it's it's a very dynamic tune, and I think that's what we sort of modeled that song or, or uh, "Impossible to Hold." Really, tried to get a nice crescendo and like start out and then really build up to a point and then come sort of back. Yeah. Back down to, yeah.
1: And I mean, I, I I love the lyric. Any of these songs, like I I will I would have listened and connected with the lyrics on some level. So there's a, that element of like I feel like this song is singing to me, even though mm-hmm. it's obviously not. But there's some t- touching things, you know, like she, she the lyrics are, are saying it's okay to get mad, it's okay to feel things, it's just okay to be yourself. And you know, people people want to hear that and need to hear that, and uh, that's why I think I. I feel so lucky to, to be doing music um, and to have fallen into it is that I, it, I learned how to feel and communicate through writing lyrics and singing. That's just the great thing about music. It allows us to have that place we can let it all out. And, yeah. You know, and then people go back to their day-to-day and they got to suck it up and get their work done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Before the show, we were talking about the importance of authenticity mm-hmm. in music and uh Chrissy Hahn is definitely one of those people who just was extremely authentic,
4: extremely legitimate. she was herself no, no matter what yeah. to, almost to when well, you read read her book, it almost seemed like she didn't try yeah. Yeah. ever it was just sort of <laughs> one thing led to another, and she was just along for the ride, but didn't put any effort into doing it
1: but you wonder if somebody like that has some kind of guiding force helping them meet back up with their purpose you know uh because it it did have that air of like i really wasn't trying very hard and she was in with these cool people and making really cool music still making cool music Mm -hmm. and just had this lasting career that's really inspiring for as a woman (laughs) in the music industry it's great to have these iconic Role models as women, as well. Yeah. Uh, lots of men that I, I love and uh, I watch their careers, but it's the women who are still out there and have gone through what they've gone through and are, you know, top of their game. They're looking after themselves now, you know, mm-hmm. um, that or I, I keep an eye on, you know, and Cindy Lauper, Annie Lennox, Chrissy Hines, Stevie Nicks, um, yep.
0: and Carol U, King, Andy Lou
1: Harris, yeah.
0: Debbie Harry still from Blondie. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Yes, it is. So thanks, ladies. It's very cool. Thank you, ladies. So listen, that might be a good segue if you guys are interested in playing another tune from the record. How about Impossible to Hold? Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah,
1: I don't know if we'll hit that high note. Should we (laughs) tune it down?
4: No, no. (laughs) (laughs) But you might Uh, have trouble in about 40 years.
1: I might have trouble tonight. (laughs) It's all good, though. Yeah, sure, we would love to. Thank you for... Shall I tell you a little bit about this song? Please right do. Now? Yeah. Uh, so this song, I'd, I'd written most of it, uh, probably would have been late 2016. And then I just put it aside, I didn't have verse 2. That was all okay. I was missing. And it really started out being a song about, you know, infatuation, being obsessed with the idea of some someone or something and not really ever having to have the, the physical uh, nearness of them, but just being able to imagine in your mind and... Uh, you know, music has the power to take people places and to satisfy, you know, something and to make you feel something. And then we were on tour in the United Kingdom in 2016. And at the end of that tour, my publicist partner gave us two free tickets to see Carol King perform her tapestry album live in Hyde Park.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there were 75,000 people there. Wow. And I remember, like, looking around and seeing all the young and young people, old people, people of all ages, singing along and crying and smiling and laughing. And Carol on stage, the top of her game. And I remember she announced, you know, I'm 75 years old. And it just was like, it just was so inspiring. So I finished verse two after that concert, probably the week after we went home and and I just finished the song. And and then we, from that concert, were inspired to buy tickets to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and Stevie Nicks the following summer in mm-hmm. the same venue in Hyde Park. Mm-hmm. And so now when I sing this song, like, I, I, I mainly think of, of Tom and that, that last concert that we will have seen and, uh, you know, what it meant for us and, and the music, like, um, and just the power that their music had to connect so many people. It's just incredible. So, impossible to hold. ¶¶
3: Tonight, you hold everything you can have, every heart. I'm basing this on years of watching you from the chandelier. You can barely hear. I'm breathing out amazing.
1: That was
0: awesome. That I made my skin lyric. vibrate a little bit.
1: Again, that's twice in one day I messed up a lyric. No. It's okay.
0: Didn't even notice.
1: No. But you uh, will when you memorize the lyrics tonight. Mm-hmm. For tonight. <laughs> for tonight. <laughs>
0: yeah. I gonna mean, sing every word. Well done, you guys. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you
2: for it having is. us.
0: This was a privilege for me. I really appreciate it. I think you're fantastic. I cannot wait to see you tonight.
1: Okay, well, we better go take a nap. <laughs>
0: All right, off you go. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen and my very special guests, Christina Martin and Dale Murray. Till next time, folks, take good care.
4: Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon worldwide.